she believes he could, presents to you the Hey Girl, Mind Your Mindset series. We're not only believing in God as Father to guide our steps as we walk by faith, but we are trusting our process with every step that we are called to take as his daughters. What's up, girlfriend? You are tuned into the She Believe He Could podcast, a podcast dedicated and created to encourage the girls to flourish in their faith. We are embracing the stumbles, examining the scriptures while empowering our stories all for God's glory. My name is Kiana and I am your host in Her Creative Faith Mentor. Together, we are minding our mindsets, working through process and believing in God for His promises. She Believe He Could is a declaration founded in Hebrews 11.1. So grab your Bibles as we read, Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. Listen, sis, we will be a community of women with faith today. And if you are believing in God to move you beyond your old way of thinking, meet us here as we trust God together. She Believe He Could. What's up, girl? Welcome back to the final and last episode of the Hey Girl, Mind Your Mindset series, y'all. It has been a journey to get to this point. I am so honored to be before you with our last and official guest. Um, I'm so excited to bring her on. We have grown very close over time um, and in time. And so God gave me affirmation affirmed for her. And so this kind of aligns to everything that she's doing in the earth. And so... Um, before we get started, though, I definitely want to read today's devotional, right? And so um, today it says, accept each day exactly as it comes to you. By that, I mean not only the circumstances of your day, but also the condition of your body. Your assignment is to trust me absolutely, resting in my sovereignty and faithfulness. On some days, your circumstances and your physical condition feel out of balance. The demands on you seem far greater than your strength. Days like that present a choice between two alternatives, giving up or relying on me. Even when you wrongly choose the first alternative, I will not reject you. You can turn to me at any point and I will help you crawl out of the mire of discouragement. I will infuse my strength into your moment by moment, giving you all that you need for this day. Trust me by relying on my empowering presence. That Listen, that was so good because we're talking about affirm on this episode and what a lot of people don't see although we're minding our mindset affirm also is that emotional support that encouragement that a lot of us needs and so this speaker that we're bringing on is Kiara Upshaw y'all she is a wife a mama a Louisiana native she resides in Dallas Fort Worth though come on Kiara works with women of color she does one-on-one and groups through her coaching packages and monthly memberships. She is helping them to replace intrusive thoughts in an effort to improve their mental well-being. Kiata is also the founder and host of Grow Black Girl Grow, the podcast. To sum it all up, Kiata considers herself online considers herself to be online and in ministry is the place where mental health meets evangelism. Kiata, welcome to the podcast in the community, sis. Thank you so much for having me. I'm elated to be here tonight. 
<laughs> Listen, Kiata is sis, okay? That's my girl. And we talk more than we probably thought we would from when we first met. And it's just been an honor to see all that you're doing in the earth. And I love that God gave me a firm for you before I even knew what this was, right? Before I even knew everything that you're doing right now in the earth, before I even knew that that was going to take off and really be a trailblazing moment for our mental health. And so again, we're not just minding our mindset, but we're also um, affirming ourselves with that emotional and, and um, emotional and encouragement support that you were doing in your coaching business. So before we get into the gems of what you do in the earth, I'm going to open us up in prayer and we're going to get it in. So, Father God, I just come to you and I just say thank you, Lord. Thank you for this moment in time. Thank you for allowing me to be present before you with my sister and all that she is doing in this earth, Father, for you have called her to do great work with the minds of your daughters, Father, women of color, Father, who has grown up with one sided of a way to view a thing, Father, but you have given her the tools to equip the women that has come before her, Father. I just bless everything that Kiata is touching, everything that she's getting her hands on, Father. I just ask that you just ignite her, just give her a fresh anointing as she go forth and launch this thing, propel it forward, Father, as her faith prevails, Father. I just pray for all the women that will come to her, um, ready to do the work, Father, as Kiata step forth and do all that you have called her to be. Father, how we love you and we bless your name. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 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 And I just felt that prayer so heavy because we're dealing with the mind, right? And so again, affirming is that emotional support. And it's also doing this by faith. And so I love in your bio how you said that your online ministry is the place where mental health meets evangelism. Come on. <laughs> Putting those two things in a room, we're talking about ministry and we're talking about mental health. We're talking about evangelism and we're talking about um, truly doing the work that, that it takes and that it requires for you to step forth in all that you're called to be. Um, and so I love that not only are you a Christian life coach, but you are speaking from experience, right? Mm -hmm. And so tell us a little bit how this journey began for you. I know you do your podcast, which is Grow Black Girl Grow, but this is evolving to so much more than just podcasts, which I love because you encouraging me. And so take us back to the beginning, though. What what um, triggered you to start your podcast and what did that look, look like for you in that season? Yeah. <clears throat> well, I really, really appreciate you for having me here and making me reflect. I love reflecting. You know that. <laughs> so what started the podcast, it actually started off as a draft in my phone like two years ago. Um, I, I'm going to say like during the pandemic and I was just afraid. I had just had my youngest and I really wanted to do it, but I was like, no, I don't have the time to do it. People aren't even going to listen to me. No one knows who I am. No one cares what I have to say. Like so much negative self-talk and I didn't do it, but I kept a running list of ideas in my phone. Like anytime I think of something, I just like write it down. Um, and I was like, if it is something that I'm meant to do, it'll be here when I'm ready. Mm -hmm. And that's basically how I got to 2022. And I was like, you know what? 
I'm not going to think about it anymore. I am just going to go ahead and open my computer. I think I have found out about Anchor. Um, I don't know. I must have been listening to another podcast that recorded on Anchor and found out that they did free um, for mm-hmm. podcasters. And I was like, okay, is this a sign? <laughs> what is happening here? And the crazy thing about it is when I started the podcast, it wasn't even to do it in the way that it is. It was Mm -hmm. mainly because there was a certain job that I was going for. And a part of the job was you needed to create something and it had to be Mm -hmm. some form of technology. And so I picked up the podcast thinking that, okay, I'm going to be able to put this on my resume so I can show them that I'm solving a problem. Because that was the whole, um, the test of the, the job interview. You had to prove to the, the hiring manager, whoever it was, that there was a problem and you had the solution. <laughs> and to be here in September, like reflecting on that story, it's like, yeah, I thought I was just doing this for a job I was going for. And now it has turned into something like it has nothing to do with the job anymore. It is something totally, totally different. So yeah, I don't think I've ever said that to anyone. <laughs> Man, I, no, I don't think you shared that ever, um, which is so good because um, God just works in mysterious ways, right? And so you kind of know my story a little bit, how I started my own podcast, how it was like basically an open diary of me just um, declaring some things in my own life and in my heart and me truly um, reflecting on revelation that God has spoken unto me, not thinking that this was going to branch out and be more than what it was. It was solely for myself. And I think a lot of podcasters start off that way, just simply doing something, um, either that's either out of consistency or they're doing it to, um, prove to themselves that this could actually happen, not even knowing that No, what you just did was plant a seed of faith. And because of your obedience, you just allow God to walk you through many more doors after that. Right. And so this is a great segue to your She Believe He Could declaration because it is a declaration of faith. Right. And so obviously no one knew that Grow Black, Grow Grow would now be you launching a coaching program, you launching memberships and for women to to be able to work with you um, in such an intimate setting and you be able to equip them and empower them and, and affirm some things um, that will not only just build them up, but then also um, call out some things that they may not even know that's there. And I love that as you as you now navigate this new lane of coaching, right? And you're now standing in the shoes of expert, right? Um, what does what does your She Believe He Could declaration look like for you? What What is that for you? She believed he could redeem her. That mm-hmm. That is my declaration of faith. She believed he could redeem her. Yeah, man. So where, so where does that stem from? You know, grow black, grow, grow. What, what, what did that look like for you prior to you pressing record? Um, childhood, high school, Kiata, like what did that look like for you? Um, 
To be honest, I think that it has a lot to do with, I really believe that a lot of women who grew up in the church can see themselves in me. And Mm -hmm. it literally comes from me knowing that God is a redeemer. Christ is a redeemer. That's what he came here to do. But it was presented in the way of your physical body, right? It was presented in the way that um, we are all born sinners and Christ came here to dust you off and clean you up and Mm -hmm. have you be ready to um, go before the Father. And that was very, very surface level. Like, yes, it, it is all true. It's all good information. But the body isn't the only thing that Christ came to redeem you from, especially when you think about Jesus and what happened after the cross, he came back in a whole different body. He did not have the same body. And so how can he be the same Jesus in a different body? And it all starts with the mind. And that is where my declaration of faith comes from. Yes, he is a redeemer of our souls and our bodies, But what's most connected to him is our mind. That is the true self. And that is how you connect to God. And so when I think about anxiety and stress and overwhelm and all of the thoughts that are associated with those feelings, I know that God and Jesus can redeem me from those thoughts. Every single time I attach to those thoughts, that negative self-talk, that, um, just feel feelings of isolation and thoughts of isolation. I know that God can redeem me from that and it doesn't have to be my story. Yeah, no, that's really good. Which obviously builds up to what you are doing, like in your coaching business. Right. And so, so for a lot of people who don't understand what that looks like, mental health, media evangelism. I mean, you just spoke it very, man, it was so good because the Bible tells us that, um, Hearing the word and also believing in the word, meditating on day day and night, it's renewing of the mind. Um, Because what people fail to realize is that we really saturate our thoughts and our minds with what's of this world. Um, What we watch on TV, what we listen to on the radio, um, gossip conversations that we entertain, um, just things that just really saturate our mind. And and not only do, do we get outside influence, but then we also get traumas and experiences of that, like you said, that negative self-talk um, that we talk ourselves into a pit sometimes. And we 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 really like self-isolate, but then we also blow everything up out of proportion when it comes to just how we're thinking about a thing, right? And it's so like when you know you're in your head, right? So when it comes to all the work that God has called for you and put on your heart with mental health meeting evangelism. What is it that you would want people to understand how this looks? Maybe they don't quite understand it um, just yet, because obviously you're trailblazing a lane for this to even be possible. But what does that look like? Practically speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I think practically speaking, it, <laughs> Okay, I'm trying to gather my thoughts so I can make sure it's coming across uh, uh, in a a very understood place. But 
If you know me or follow my work, you'll hear me say a lot of humanity. You'll hear Mm -hmm. me say you have to address your humanity first. And that is where the practicality comes in at. There's no way you can think that you can go and talk to the father if you have chaos in your mind. And even if it's not chaos, like just think about if you have anger, if you're Mm -hmm. feeling angry, if you're feeling vengeance, the thoughts are going to come. And then when you go to church or prayer, Bible study, whatever it is that you're trying to do, or even if you're at home and you're trying to read the Bible, you're not thinking really. And you're not focusing on what God has to say because your flesh, your humanity is caught up in the anger and the vengeance. Mm -hmm. Um, Or even if you're in sadness, your flesh is caught up in all of those emotions and that's okay. It's okay to feel those things. It's okay to have your humanity attached, but what's not okay is you staying there because every single time you stay there, you get further and further away from God. You get further and further away from showing up as love and kindness because that is who God is. And so the practical piece is always to deal with your humanity first, not because God is lesser than, but because Mm -hmm. we know that we're, we're in time. God does not operate in time and we got to meet him where he is. He's not going to come down here. We got to go up there to him. And the only way to get there is to leave our flesh here in time. Yeah, no, that's so good. I, I was thinking about your series that you did over the summer with um, how she basically how we keep God first and our mental health. And a lot of women, I think, including myself, we talked a lot about grief. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of women during that series lost someone very close to them and they suffered and struggled through um, that emotional state of grief. And I thought about um, just practically speaking, just witnessing it with my husband is that like I seen him stuck. And it's like, although he was operating, getting up and going to work and I seen him physically moving his body um, emotionally, mentally, he was just he was just stuck. Mm-hmm. And spiritually, that was the first thing to go. Like faith was the first thing to go because not only do I feel angry towards what I feel you took from me, God, but now I don't want anything to do with you. And so why would I come to you? Why would I pray to you? You're supposed to be such a good God. Mm-hmm. But yet I feel that you have like scratch your hand against me or you took something from me. Um, and that wasn't love. Right. And so a lot of the women, one thing that they kind of spoke on is that they definitely had to seek some type of help, whether that was counseling, whether that was, um, them talking to somebody about what they were feeling, but they knew that if they stayed there in that place, that 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 place of grief, that place of sadness, anger, that it literally would kill them. Like they would die right there um, because that's where the light went off for them. It's like like you walk into a room and it's dark and you can't see, but you're trying to figure out what's going on. But just cut on the light the same way we cut off a light. We can cut on the light. And I and I remember like yesterday when the light came on for my husband and it took a while. It took almost a year. Um, in time for that light to come back on. But like in the midst of it, I could see him just like wallowing in his emotions, not really understanding if he wanted to feel 
pain, if he wanted to feel better, him not recognizing that he was suffering and in his suffering caused everyone around him to suffer. And so I think practically speaking, a lot of people don't even understand. I remember I was talking. Uh, saying in an interview one time that the reason what pushed me to going to counseling is that I felt like my prayers were hitting a wall mm-hmm. or they say like the glass ceiling, like my prayers, I felt I was praying, I was worshiping. I felt like I was going before, before God in my nakedness, not even realizing that I was withholding the roots of the problem. Like I was withholding that I'm actually upset that my husband just cannot shake what he's going through to better help our family. I was kind of frustrated at the thought that now all of what all of what this has become is now on me. And not only was I physically breaking down, but I emotionally and mentally was breaking down. Yet while professing my my faith unto God, while begging and pleading with God to come and move without even giving him the space to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's really good. A lot of people don't don't understand that they believe that just in prayer and worship that everything will subside. The anger, the sadness, the grief, the anxiety will subside because I'm and it's and it's not to say that it won't, but like you I got like you say time and time again, like you have to be willing to do the work mm-hmm. that's Everything that's being um, self-inflicted upon you and your mental thoughts, it is not solely for you to just praise and worship your way through. But no, it's really to get to the root of what's causing you to feel neglected, abandoned, overwhelmed, um, sad, you know, deep down underneath everything. We we operate in sadness as, as people, not even knowing that this life sucks right now, but I feel like I just have to keep going and going and going. And so we miss all the red flags to say, hey, stop warning. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to self-destruct. And so um, I, lo- I love that series because there were just so much perspective of how we operate and navigate our life while feeling like a sack of bricks. And we're going out every day and no one knows something is wrong with us. No one knows that we're bothered or being weighed down because we we operate in that. It becomes a part of our norm. It becomes life for us. And I think when COVID hit in 2020, um, it really like jolted a lot of people into counseling, including myself, <laughs> because I realized that I am on the brink of a mental nervous breakdown. Like if, if I don't talk to somebody about what's I'm, I'm, all the stuff that I'm suppressing, I'm going to lose it like and I don't know if this is even safe for me or me being in a position as a mom. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, one thing that you're doing, though, you are um, equipping women with different tools that when they come onto your like your coaching program or um, just being a part of your monthly membership. Um, what does that look like for a woman who is a, a woman of faith? Right. She can pray. She can worship. She know how to do church. Let's say that. And I want to talk about your background a little bit about doing church, because also, too, that comes in the disguise that I'm good. Like they'd be like, how are you? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. You were just crying. You was just crying in the car, sis. Like you had a whole argument with your husband on the way to church. Why? Why can't we address these things? Why is it not safe? 
Why do we have to go and present ourselves to be so faithful unto the Lord as if God just did not hear your thoughts before walking in the church or if God don't know your heart? If you're in the midst of a relationship that you really don't want to be in, you know, so when we say uh, for the women who do church, right, they are church praying women of God. OK, and they have a hard time dealing with mental health. What does that look like um, in, in your eyes, in your own perspective as someone who was raised in church? Um, OK, as someone who is raised in church, mm-hmm. you're a box checker. <laughs> Like, Come on. <laughs> that's really what it is. You're checking the box. Like, yep, I attended prayer today. Yep, mm-hmm. I attended Bible study. Yep, I went witness and I cleaned the church. Yep, mm-hmm. I was there for Sundays. Like, you are checking the box. You're going through the motions. And I think Christians, whether you're a man or a woman, I think it's just uh, being a believer in general. You, um, you kind of feel this weight on you and, and this obligation that you always have to be strong because, you know, our God is good. So you always yeah. have to be seen in the light of happy and, um, smile on your face and, you know, just, just going about life in this false positive way because your God is good. But the caveat of that is because you're a believer, the problem is going to come even more because you can go live, you know, a reckless life you want to. You'd be fine. Like <laughs> you'd be, I'm good. I'm fine. It, it is what it is. Unless you just like really out there, then that that's a different story. But if you do like borderline, then you're pretty much good. But if you want to be a true follower of Christ, like the problems are going to come and they're coming intentionally because just like God talks to you in your mind, the devil does too. And I like to call them whispers. And so when you're in the routine of checking off these boxes, the whispers are coming and they're going to come and you're not even going to notice that they're coming because you're in routine. And the other part of that is the devil can only tempt you with what you already struggle with. Come on. Whatever happened in your past is what happened in your past. There's nothing that we can do about the past. However, the devil knows what happened. He also knows how you felt, especially if it was something that happened during childhood. Your mind is still developing. You're still trying to understand life. And so if something happened during your developmental years, you may have perceived that in a wrong way, uh, in a mistakenly way, if you did not have the proper tools and help to see it in the, um, the most optimized way. And so mm-hmm. the devil is going to use your childhood against you. And he's going to make you think that that 13 year old trauma is still true to you as an adult when really mm-hmm. it's not. The issue is you didn't address whatever happened. And so you're still attaching to it as an adult, not understanding why you're irritated, not understanding why you can't talk to this person or that person. And I'll actually give a personal example of that. So um, in college, well, actually, this was like right after college. Uh, he was my fiance at the time. And I used to have outbursts. Um, very, very strong emotional outbursts in, in the forms of attitude, 
um, kind of sort of raising my voice a little bit. And it was because I was dealing with separation anxiety. So when I went to therapy and I talked to her about it, I was like, I don't really know why I'm doing this. I don't know. Every single time, like we would go to an event together and if he would go off and he, meaning um, my then fiance, if he would go off and, and to go be with his friends, I would get an attitude. I would be mad at him and be like, why did you leave me? Um, it was like, it was, it was just like those types of things that you think are normal, right? Like we, mm-hmm. we think those types of things are normal day to day activities. Um, and then when I talked to my therapist about it and we started really digging into my past and my upbringing and we found out that I was experiencing separation anxiety that stemmed from my dad. Now my dad's mm-hmm. in my life. Yeah, still in my life. But um, I still remember this like it was yesterday. And this happened when I was five. When I was five, um, me and my dad were really, really, really close. And at the time, he was a stay-at-home dad. And then all of a sudden, he got uh, a job to go work offshore. And for those of you that might not know what that means, he works in the oil field. And so he went from being home every day to I didn't see him again for 14 days, sometimes 21 days because he had to go to work and go do whatever he had to do in the Gulf of Mexico. Mm-hmm. And at five years old, I was traumatized. I was completely traumatized and I struggled with separation anxiety because I didn't get help. Like I, as I'm sitting here telling you the story, I see it. I see me at five crying, looking for my dad saying, where is he? Why is he not here? Yeah, And so when my therapist and I walked through that story, I was like, wow, I didn't know mm-hmm. that that moment is still affecting me today. And it's not like it affected me with everyone I encountered. It only uh, impacted me with people that I felt really, really close to. And of course, my fiance at the time, of course, I'm super close to you. So anytime mm-hmm. he would leave me, I felt anxious. Yeah. I felt upset. And it all stemmed from five-year-old me. Yeah. No, that's good. Oh, God. Ooh, girl. We could be here all <laughs> night if I went back down memory lane because I so get that. Um, I was talking to one of the ladies when I went to Atlanta um, this past, like a few weeks ago. Um, and I was telling her how I had to become a mom not by by a teenage pregnancy, but like a mom to my siblings when my mom had to go to work. I can remember as early as second, third grade having to uh, be their caretaker. And so as I grew up, I don't ask for help. I just do it. I just run around this house and I do everything that I see is wrong. And I get so um, worked up and I get so um, exhausted within my body, not even realizing that my mind is now racing to get the things done because as a child, everything had to be done before my mom got home. And if it wasn't done, I got whooping. And so now my mind is saying, get it, get everything done. Like if my back is hurting or if my, if my feet are hurting, I will ignore my physical pain because my mind is telling me you have to get these things done keep going. You have to get it done. And I didn't realize till like a few years back where 
um, my granny, I was on the phone phone with her, God rest her soul. And she was like, baby, when you get home, do you give yourself an hour to kind of just, you know, just relax, just kind of de-stress from your day before you go into the kitchen and before you start a load of laundry? And I realized, no, I don't. I hit that door and it's like, boom, 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 boom. Because my mind is saying, you have to get it done. You have to get it done. And it's because I was conditioned in my mind, my mom, like, literally, get this stuff done or you're going to get your butt whooped. And, I and like, getting whoopings traumatized me because I hated getting whoopings. But any one wrong thing out of place, I got in trouble. So a lot of people don't even understand that because you were conditioned or because something happened, a trigger, a trauma from your childhood has now spilled over into your adult life. And then you get married and you have children and you're wondering why you are going um, out of your way for things that you feel like, dang, I feel like I should be able to shake this. Or you're not understanding the root of the cause. You're just kind of nipping at it when it comes up. You're kind of just dealing with it on the surface level. So with your coaching program, what is something that you really want to um, accomplish? What is your biggest desire with your coaching program? Um, I think my biggest desire is for women to come into my program and walk away with the tools that they need so that they can build the skill set over time. And I say that intentionally because this is ongoing. Mm-hmm. It, it's not, it's not going to end. And I say that from the true standpoint of having been doing this for 10 years. Um, there are things like the whole social anxiety piece. I don't deal with that anymore or even separation anxiety. I don't deal with it anymore because the root cause of it was very, very surface level. But there are mm-hmm. other things that are much deeper and I have to process through it still. Um, it doesn't impact me as much as it did prior to the work but it still does affect me because of how deep the roots are. And so my biggest thing is sharing transparency with women to know that some things you can get over, other things you you can't fully get over. And then the other piece of that is just showing you really how to detach from the thought. That is probably the most difficult piece to it Mm -hmm. is learning to detach because um, sometimes we hold on to these thoughts and we make them our own when they don't really have to be our own. They're just there. And yes. once you learn how to do that in a very healthy and effective way, there's nothing that you can't do after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so good. Um, now I see why God gave a firm, um, for you to me. Because when I think about an emotional support or that encouragement, everything that you're doing in the earth and y'all definitely want to encourage y'all to go and follow Kiata over on social media. She'll be able to shout out her, all her stuff she got going on here in a second. But everything that you're doing, you're something tangible that women can actually grab a hold of with an investment, of course, in doing the work. They, too, can overcome these obstacles. Um, that's something I didn't really touch on. But a firm here in this process, it's last because we've heard all of these women's testimonies 
all of these different steps in minding our mindsets, but that affirmation, that affirming, that support, that's ongoing. That's something that it's not a one and done. It's it's more so um, when you work through one problem, another will work, will arise. Or when you uh, work through that problem, then you it'll make room for something else to come up. And it's because you've never allowed space in your life for you to even recognize that you suffer or you struggle with certain areas in your life emotionally and spiritually and how the two aligns together. And so um, I wrote down here that we are empowering and strengthening our faith that um, will overcome obstacles. And what are those obstacles? That's the true question. That's the question that we do have to ask ourselves. What is hindering us from actually being productive? Um, what's hindering us from actually believing um, in God in his promises, what is hindering us from actually wanting to do the work? And so Kiata and I was having a conversation about her being a coach and just the difference of coaches and mentors. And she, she tells me all the time, like they have to be willing to do the work. And that's what sets coaching a part of us. It sets it apart from counseling because counseling is more clinical. It's more diagnosing. It's more actually, uh, picking the brain, actually uh, trying to figure out in the mind what's not clicking. Um, but with coaching, it's more so you being assertive and affirming that you know exactly what needs to do, what needs to happen. Now you're looking for someone to come along on your side or be a part of the team and coach you through um, and equip you with in with the things that is necessary uh, for you to get the work done. And so I love that Kiata is stepping forward and she's trailblazing a trail, y'all, that I haven't seen. Um, and if you've seen something like this before, just know that there are not a lot of people out here meeting evangelism with mental health. I think people keep them separate for a reason because it's easier for them to differentiate um, whether you need to go to counseling or whether you just need to go to church. Why can't we do both? Why can't we recognize that I'm in my flesh right now and I'm angry um, but I'm, I'm a person of faith, like I'm a woman of faith and I, and I believe in God, but I can't help the way that I feel. And so again, processing that. Um, so Kiana, please tell the people what you got going on y'all. This episode will be coming out one day before her birthday. So happy birthday, Kiana. I'm so excited. She has so much going on the week that this episode launched for her business, for everything she got going on. So let the people know, girl, how they can keep in contact with you and um, contact you if they have any questions regarding anything that we talked about tonight. Yes. Uh, thank you for the early happy birthday. Um, you can follow me at podcast.groveblackgirl. Um, and if you are listening to this in real time, I'm having a complimentary training on September 13th at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. Um, haven't decided on the topic because I'm crowdsourcing it. So if you have an idea, let me know, but I will be doing a, a training, just giving back on my birthday. I think it's so important to always pay it forward and support others. And so that's what I have coming up that week. Um, like she said, I also do coaching. So I have one-on-one, I have group, group coaching, and then I also have a membership. Um, I'm really excited about the membership though. The membership is a year long commitment and I know a year seems long, but 
the goodness that you get inside of this membership is so, so needed. It basically addresses your identity in Christ Mm -hmm. and apart from Christ and how your identity plays a huge part into the thoughts that you think and the ones that you attach to. And I walk you through that process in four phases throughout the entire 12 months. Oh, that's good. Come on. She said um, the identity of a woman. Come on. We're talking about women here. Um, we lose that early in life, whether we realize it or not. Um, and so we talked about, um, what you experienced with your dad at five, right? Not knowing that that was going to traumatize you for years to come. Um, and then me not even realizing that I became a mom way, but people think, oh, you, you were a teenage mom. Of course you lost your identity. No, I lost my identity way before I birthed a child, right? Because I took on the role of mother way Mm -hmm. before I should, um, way before I should have. And so that's really, really good. Y'all, if y'all are interested, don't be shy to jump a key out of DMs. Hit her up, ask your questions, check out her Instagram. That's where she's doing the bulk of her work right now until um, you can find her on her website. Is that live? Is that? Is that- um, <laughs> once this recording airs, it may be live. Um, okay. I know it will officially be live on September 19th, though. It will officially okay. be live on September 19th. And I'll just let Kiana put it in the the show notes for you so you can go ahead and click on it. Um, But I'm super excited because not only is the website going live on September 19th, but also season three of the podcast is coming back. And that is called The Power of Choice. I am so excited for that series. It is going to be a really, really good eight weeks talking to you about how your decisions impact your thoughts and your behaviors, your emotions, all the things. Yeah. So as y'all can hear, Kiana got a lot going on this month of September, y'all. So definitely check out the podcast that is Grow, Grow, Black Girl, Grow podcast. Um, Her birthday is on Tuesday whenever you listen to this and her website is launching and all of the goodness. So definitely follow her on Instagram. That's where I found Kiata on Instagram. You can see um, just some of her work that she's doing, stuff that she's already put out there for you to see. Definitely listen to the podcast, though. That is where I self-meditate on just, I listen to it at work. That that goes to show a lot. I listen to it at work, um, really grounding myself because Kiata really do walk you through her processes um, and how she reflects and how she really deep dive into her emotions while empowering and equipping you um, in the word of God as a woman of faith, as a believer. And so it has been such an honor, sis. I'm so excited for all that you're doing this month in September. I pray that those who are for you will be for you and that your work, all of the work, your long nights, your early mornings, that they will not go unnoticed. Um, for the women that are going to be a part of your program. So if you would do us the honors and close us out in prayer, ma'am, that would be great. Of course, of course. Thank you again for this time. I am so appreciative to be doing this. And for all the listeners, I appreciate you for hearing me and allowing me to share this time with you. 
So Lord, we thank you so much for this time being in community. You said when two or three are gathered in your name, you will be there. And we definitely felt you being here tonight. We thank you for everything that was said, whether it was known or even (laughs) unknown to be said tonight. And we give you all the glory and the honor because you always know exactly what we need. Lord, I'm asking for blessings over Kiana as she continues to do the work that you have put in her heart to do. I'm so thankful for her, the friendship and the sisterhood that we have obtained over the last few months of knowing each other. And I know that it's going to grow as we continue to grow and lift each other up. Thank you for the listeners. Please allow them to get whatever they need out of this conversation and to hold it near and dear to their heart. In Jesus' name, amen.